0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with David Kempston, a Minnesota-based plaintiff's workers' compensation lawyer who has been practicing for almost 25 years. He is the author of That's Why They Call It Practicing Law, which is about improving the attorney-client relationship. Hi, David. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Ari. Thank you. So, David, tell us about
0: your background and what prompted you to write That's Why They Call It Practicing Law.
1: Thanks, Ari. I'm a transplanted West Coaster. I spent about 20 years evenly between California and Washington, and then I married an Iowan, and we... uh, compromised and have been in Minnesota for the last 28 years, long enough to have four kids and two grandkids and practice law for a while. So I, uh, I attended the University of Minnesota Law School and graduated in 1992, and since then I've predominantly worked in the field of workers' compensation, and the last 21 years have been as a plaintiff lawyer. And the, the lawyer that I went to work for two decades ago emphasized customer service, and he would tell us his staff, that is, to be like Dayton's, and Dayton's is an iconic retail department store in downtown Minneapolis, and they're known for their legendary customer service. And so he would always exhort us to be like Dayton's. And I, I thought about that, and you know, it got me thinking. And over the years, I've noticed that clients often don't recognize good lawyering. I'm a trial lawyer. I spend a lot of time in the courtroom. And it seems to me that when I make bullheaded blunders in the courtroom, those tend to elicit more client praise than, say, you know, a, a truly skillful lawyer maneuver. And my point is that clients, you know, typically don't recognize good lawyering, but they do recognize and respond to great client service. And I ended up. You know, mining the concept a little bit, gave it as a seminar a couple of different times, and it was in my head for about five years, I just kept thinking about it. My wife said, "David, you should write a book." And so I buckled down and I wrote the book. Tell us a little bit about what the book covers. The book covers uh, the basic elements of improving the attorney-client relationship, that you know the, the core of law. is is it's a people business, and if you focus on improving the attorney-client relationship, you're going to have better representation provided for your clients, and so the book goes through in very practical fashion, and I identify 22 different practice pointers on how to do just that, and the underlying idea, Ari, is that you want to do the ordinary things better than everybody else, and I start with the idea that not all lawyers are great orators, not all lawyers are rocket scientists, but all of us can improve the client service that we provide. And I think if you take a look at, you know, if you go check your Twitter feed or think about lawyer jokes that you know, uh, you will <laughs> you, if you're in, plugged into lawyer connections, you're going to see a fair amount of dissatisfaction with the level of client service that's being provided, whether it's big law, medium law, or even at small firms. And so I think, it's a, I think it's a problem area that really needs to be addressed, and that's what I try to do in my book, is give very practical ways for how a lawyer can improve the client service that they provide to their clients, and by doing so, you know, ultimately improve the representation that they provide.
0: Why is it necessary in the current market for lawyers to focus on client service in this way?
1: Lack of client service in the lawyer field is not a new problem. I mean, think of any lawyer joke that you've ever heard over the years, and I, I won't say any of them on the podcast. I don't want to get in trouble. But many of them have to do with deficiencies in the lawyer's character, greed or indifference. And you know, so the, the problem with client service has been there for a long time. But you know, recently I was on my Twitter feed and I came across an article entitled CLOs to law firms, so chief legal officer to law firms, fix your client service or we're leaving. And the article, it's a Fortune 50 company, and the article outlines the dissatisfaction of a top legal officer at a Fortune 50 company with the primary law firm utilized by that company. So whether you're big law, um, like I said, medium law or small law, a lousy client service can cause you to lose clients. And you know, there's a perception, I think, with lousy client service that you're providing subpar representation and that may not be true at all. Your law firm may be doing excellent work. But how's the old adage go, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, you know, does it make any noise? And it, maybe the corollary doesn't fit perfectly, but you get the idea.
0: For some professionals, it's a personality issue. How can lawyers overcome social discomfort in their client interactions?
1: All of us start with a basic set of people skills. You know, some people will say, well, gee, David, uh, I wasn't voted, you know, most outgoing personality in high school, or I wasn't a member of the Glee Club. You know, we're all given a different starting point in terms of our relational skills, but we can improve them. I mean, some, you know, simply put, some lawyers are naturally better at customer service or relational skills than others. but we can always improve our customer service skills. I realize that relationships are organic. So when we're talking about the attorney-client relationship, there's an organic element to it. But there are real practical steps that we can take to improve our customer service. I like to say that good customer service is a technical skill that can be improved. And in my book, that's why they call it Practicing Law, I go through 22 practice pointers of concrete ways that a lawyer can use to improve the relationship and ultimately then again improve the representation. And I think that when you do that, you know, you end up as a lawyer doing three things. Number one, you set yourself apart as an attorney. We hear a lot about branding these days. Well, you know, what's a better way to brand than to be known for providing excellent customer service. Now, and I'm not saying well, don't master the substantive law. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's a false dichotomy. That's like saying David shouldn't wear a, a red tie because he's got a blue shirt on. Well, that's silly. I mean, you can do both. So master the substantive law, but provide great service. It will set you apart. Um, the second thing that it's going to do is that it, in all likelihood, it's going to generate referrals from uh, your clients who are satisfied. They're going to send you new business. And we're always talking about you know, maintaining a market share or creating new business. And uh, the third thing is that you're going to keep most of your clients satisfied. I say most because if I vaguely remember the physics class I took in my younger years, you you, you can't build a perfect furnace. You can't build a perfect combustion engine. You're always going to lose some amount of energy, and that's true with people. You know, what is it? You've you got 5% that are never going to be happy no matter what you do. But it's how you're characterized that counts, and by providing excellent service, you're going to keep most of your clients satisfied, and that's a good outcome. You
0: mentioned that the book is organized into 22 sections. Why so many, and are they divided in some uh, logical fashion?
1: The reason that there's so many is uh, it really has to do with different aspects of the relationship. I mean, I start by reminding attorneys that the relationship isn't about you. You know, a great starting point for providing great customer service for your clients is to understand the relationship isn't about you. As lawyers, we're important, but we're not the focus of the relationship the client is. And then I move into setting realistic expectations. Think about any relationship you have. How often do unmet or thwarted expectations cause problems? I move into trusting your gut. I talk about relations, uh, because it's a relationship you want to listen. And I I won't rattle through each of the different items that I list in the book, but each of the points directly impacts how you relate to your clients. And I tell a few war stories. Uh, What do they say on the golf course? Learn from my putt. Um, You know, I I like to say that's why they call it practicing law, and there's a reason for that. We do not call it perfecting law because we never – nail it perfectly, and you know, we can always improve. And the idea here is that if we are willing to listen and to learn and to do the work of self-examination, that we can improve our people skills. We can improve the client service that we provide over time. And, and the result is that you're going to be a better lawyer. You're going to do a better job for your clients, and you're going to have clients that are more satisfied than they otherwise would be.
0: Are there specific suggestions, sort of key tactics that have been successful for you over the years that you could share?
1: I think that it's very important for lawyers to be willing to listen. When I was a young lawyer, I, was, I had a lawyer at a, at a larger downtown firm tell me one time I was doing something, and she said, don't let anybody know you don't know what you're doing. Just fake it till you feel it. And I, I get that. I understand, in a way, where she's coming from. But the the flip side is when we carry that to an extreme, we're the experts. We know everything. We don't, you know, we don't need any input, and and that's very foolish. So, you know, an overriding principle in my book is that a lawyer needs to be willing to listen and to learn from their mistakes. And I think that that's very key. You know, I think uh, one, you need to, you know, be willing to admit you don't know everything. Two, you need to be willing to do the work. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said, you know, work 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 is the main thing and I think anybody in any industry knows that to be successful you've got to do the work, coupled with a willingness to accept instruction. You know, the wise person listens to input. So I, I think it's a book when you read it, Ari, you're not gonna go, Oh, I never thought of this. Oh, I never thought of this either. Oh, I never thought of this either. I'd like to think it's more along the lines of a of a book that brings to thought a quote from Alexander Pope from many, many centuries ago where he said, what oft was thought but ne'er so well expressed. And what I mean by that is that these are principles that we know, but they're emphasized and they're put into short, readable chapters that will grab your attention. And my hope when you read the book is that you take away one or two or three things and and work on those and use those to improve your practice.
0: So, given your insights and research in this area, how do you see legal practice evolving?
1: Well, it's interesting. I, I work in a very small firm. There's three lawyers here. We we have a large support staff, but and for many years there were just two of us here. So, my perspective is perhaps different than some of my friends that work in big law. But, you know, what I hear is concerns about AI doing some types of contract work or other analysis, and maybe moving in a direction where the traditional ways of providing services or billing or the traditional ways of doing work are different. They're, they're changing, and they're evolving so quickly with technology that if we go back to what I said a few minutes ago, a great starting place to understand the practice of law and where it's going is to understand that at its core – Law is a people business, and we've got to change as the technology changes. We as lawyers need to change. We need to be willing to change individually to improve what we do. But regardless of changes in technology, the attorney-client relationship is always going to lie or reside at the heart of the practice of law. And if you want to provide excellent representation to your clients, then you focus on improving that relationship.
0: This is Ari Kaplan speaking with David Kempston, a Minnesota-based plaintiff's workers' compensation lawyer who is the author of That's Why They Call It Practicing Law, which is about improving the attorney-client relationship. David, thank you very much, and best of luck with your new book.
1: Thanks, Ari. I really appreciate the time this morning. Thank you for listening
0: to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com
1: or Ari Kaplan to learn more.